23. I have to look that one up. Yeah. You know, when it gets up there, it's, it's hard to remember. Just like old age. I, why do you think single digits is easier to remember than after he passes 20? I don't know. Well, we have several in the bank, so it's like hard to keep track of, mm, of what's, uh, what's published, what's pending, and what's the next number. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so the topic, it kind of originated from a multitude of things. But I'm like, okay, well, one, it's a later topic. Lately, our topics have been very heavy. So I figured we need something later. When in, and then on our own, I, have, I guess we have been discussing a lot of heavy stuff too. Yeah. So we need something. Although I don't know how light it will be in the end. But I don't actually have a way to, like, there's not a one word to summarize this with. Except that the topic is how, based on social norms and how we are raised, we turn off the idea of, like, magic or spirit, or unknown, or ghost, or anything that is in the woo-woo realm out there. Supernatural. Supernatural, sure. But Paranormal. Paranormal, um, yeah. And, and I was thinking about it yesterday when we were watching True Detectives, right? In the show, right, there's the, the, the natives um, who believe in all... Se- season four. Yeah, season four of the True Detectives, which is a show, like a... A, a, a murder mystery? Sure. It's like, is it, is yeah, it, is like it a detectives cr- researching yeah, detectives a murder? crime type show. Yeah. Which I guess we don't watch a lot of that type of genre. No. But this one's interesting. Yeah. Um, and this one's very different from the first three seasons. Yeah. Well, no, the first, they all of them touched on like spirituality, right? Like the, in the first season. I think we brought yeah, into detectives true. a lot. Yeah, the uh, first season, it, there was a bit. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, because Matthew McConaughey was spiritually aware, but a cynic. Yeah. And and Woody Harrison's character was was a Christian, but not a very good one, I guess. <laughs> uh maybe like a a militant Christian, but but not but thus closed off to any other ideas. Almost, at least to begin with, like that was the beginning of a relationship, and then it morphed into something else. That was the whole point of the show. And then I guess this one we're watching, which is it's, they're still coming out like episode a week, um, but it has natives, and in this case, it's supposed to be Alaskan natives, and you know they believe in all these legends and all these folklore and tales of supernatural, of spiritual. Um, yeah, up there, like, you know, seeing seeing a dead relative is like a normal thing, is how it's portrayed in, yeah, in that. Yeah, and then, and then there's a relationship between land and people, right? Water and people. There's a lot of, yeah, respect for nature, respect for the land, respect for the animals. Yeah, right. And so they're trying to portray that in the show, but, you know, that is the case with all Native American cultures. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, there's the there, the other part is the non-natives and then how closed off some of them are to the idea of anything supernatural. Yeah, yeah. And so the idea with natives at all times, it seems like all Native American cultures or just Native cultures like Aborigines in Australia and um, 
you know, you can almost look at the Egyptians, ancient Egyptians as the natives, right? And you can look at uh, gypsies, for example, in Ukraine, right? They are more more in touch with the land and more in touch with the spirit um, than, than your average Ukrainian would be. Sure. I mean, there's all the natives of North America and South America. I don't know. Does Europe have natives? They do. We're just not familiar with the cultures, right? When when we sure, went, I mean, all that African natives too. When we went, we went went to Iceland, and their whole folklore about the troll people and the fairy oh, yeah, people, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's not. I, I don't know what the classified would be of the natives there. They're not really native, native in the sense that they look different. Oh, at least I don't know. Uh, but all people, those some people, right? If they do believe in the supernatural or the the magic realm or whatever you want to call it, they believe in trolls and they believe in fairies and believe in, uh, what's the middle ones? Not the big ones. Dwarves. Elves maybe or elves, yeah. Um, Yeah, and so, you know, at some point I thought, we I, I read stories as a child that were of, you know, magic nature. And, you know, you can believe it as a story, as a fairy tale, but then sooner or later you don't. Yeah. Or at all points, your parents might have not even exposed you to the idea of supernatural. Right. Uh, or. Uh, Which is a really wide topic. A lot of things could fit into that. Yeah. Bucket. But what, what I wanted to maybe approach it from is the, what it means and how is your life lived when you're open to that or when you actually acknowledge that as a possible truth, like the difference between believing that as a folklore tale and then brushing off as like, Oh, everybody who sees a ghost is just making shit up, right. which is the way you were. Sure. Um, and then actually believing it and what that means. Right. Like what? And then realistically, I think maybe the, at the end, the topic is, what does it mean to limit yourself by not believing? Because I actually think that. Yeah. Right. That we, if, we, if we design our reality based on our perception and our beliefs, right, then how much of our reality is limited in perception and then, and then the actual reality, a manifested reality, by the fact that we don't believe in this whole other realm or whole other situation or whole other possibility of things. And it kind of extends on the topic of the one where we discussed the quote that I channeled at night, mm -hmm. right? Believing, mm -hmm. feeling, and seeing. What is that difference? Yeah. And where does it lead you? Yeah. Um, I think I mentioned on the podcast before, and I think it was Alan Watts who said, you know, you can, I'm paraphrasing, you can live your life in, in two different ways. That nothing is a miracle, or you can live your life believing that everything is a miracle. And it, Living your life believing everything is a miracle is a lot more fun, if nothing else. Can you prove one? Can you prove the other? I don't know that you can, but you can make the conscious choice that, well, I'm going to be open to this, and it's, it's a lot more fun. It's a lot more interesting and fun and, and whimsical. Yeah, yeah. But are you believing in it as a whimsy and fun, or you actually believe believe in it? 
Do you know what I mean? Are you, yeah. you know, there's the difference between like, oh yeah, well I could, I could spend my time believing in fairies. I may not see them, but I believe in them. Or they, you really believe in fairies. Do you know what I mean? Right. It, do you, there's a difference between it being a folklore tale or fairy tale and like, or are you actually open to possibility of seeing fairies? Yeah. Are you actually open to communication with fairies? Right. right. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. so there's this difference. I think there's this innate difference between not believing, believing, but in the folklore fairy tale type of a way, yeah. or actually believing. I mean, all of these stories, most of these stories, um, are are very, very similar from all these different cultures throughout time. Cultures which traditional history says never communicated with each other. They're all. Incredibly similar. Which stories? Hey, pick pick a story. I mean, but there's I mean the uh, this isn't really a fairy tale, but the uh, is I'm not the, talking about fairy tales. I'm just talking about anything. Yeah, the the Quetzalcoatl uh, story of the is it the not the Aztecs, the Incas, the Mayas, the Mayas um, is incredibly similar to I don't remember which one is it the Egyptians, Osiris. Story of Osiris? Yeah. And I think a third one. Jesus. Yeah, but these all predate Jesus a lot. Yeah, but, you know, there's a very big theory. Yeah, that's the second thing. The story of Jesus is almost identical to the story of Osiris. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, okay, but, you know, there was communication between Egypt and, and, and Rome at that point. But traditional archaeology says, yeah, ancient Egyptians never talked to ancient Mayans. Never happened. Never happened. Um, and yet these stories are, are really, really close. Really close. Dangerously close. And, you know, they came over on, you know, some sort of boat thing. And they had uh, seven helper sages. And there was always the, the, the wife or the woman. Um, and there's, there's a lot of these similarities. I don't think that's a coincidence. And I don't know that that can even be ascribed just to some sort of collective consciousness type of thing either. I think there's something tangible to that. That's not fairies, per se. That's like a... No, the reason why I say fairies that's a, that's is fairies a, is... Yeah. But any... Fairies is easy to dismiss. Easier for for a adult to dismiss than... Uh, but then again, you know, okay, well... If, Quetzalcoatl, the feathered serpent god, you know, well, that's, we, sound, that's, it sounds at, ridiculous. We look at all the ancient stories. All these mythologies. As, as folklore tales. Right. Like, oh, they didn't actually believe that this guy was a feathered, feathered serpent. But we take those, um, those mythologies from the Bible as true, or at least mostly true. We do. Most people, most Christians do, most Muslims do. I imagine most most Jews probably. Oh yes, uh, Moses literally went on the mountain and literally talked to a burning bush and literally came down with the stone tablets. I I assume, you know. And G- Jesus literally walked on water and Jesus literally uh, rose Lazarus from the dead and literally fed a bunch of people with was it two fish and five loaves of bread or whatever. 
Yeah. Which are, you could word it as miracles, you could word it as fairy tales, you know. Or magic. Or magic, right? Yeah. So we're, like, as a as a culture, we're like, okay, well, I don't believe in this, you know, supernatural being who knows if I'm good or knows if I'm bad and kind of watches me all the time. And, uh, you know, if I'm good, I'll get rewarded. And if I'm bad, I'll be punished. I don't believe in the one called Santa Claus, but I do believe in the one called Jesus. Even though that's kind of the same description. Yeah. Um, which I've always found kind of interesting that that people will suspend their quote rational belief for 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 this one case for their for their religion, but not for anything else. How much of it is just a social rhetoric, a social norm, right? How much right. of it is? People actually have personal experience, right? Supernatural experience, magical experience, unexplainable experiences. Right. But one, instead of sharing those experiences, they recognize, oh, guess what? Through social norm, I'll be identified as crazy. Yeah. Uh, or, 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 you know, and no one will believe me. Right. We watched the documentary on the Rudolf Steiner, right? And he, in his poetry, he said, you know, how many years can I spend not sharing my truth or like not sharing what I'm seeing or not sharing, yeah. right? And so basically in his case, you know, I don't know how many people are actually fans of Rudolf Steiner these days. Sounds like he was not a popular guy or still not is. Um, but right, but here's a man who, who is receiving information, who is having supernatural experiences. And now we have what, enormous volume of books from him we remember when no we idea. saw that that library, library? yeah like I, I mean hundreds of books i mean some of them are in german but and some of them are like you know transcriptions of his lectures and whatever but it's it's hundreds it filled several not shelves but several book what are they called cases book cases yeah several yeah but that's a man who who channeled, saw spirit, saw possibly some even other things, right? Maybe I think, honestly, based on that dome that he designed and then the the dance that uh, that they were doing within those pastel mm -hmm. colors, um, that is the description uh, very similar to the Howard Manger's UFO stories mm -hmm. um, of the architecture being very organic. Um, and then the, the clothing being very transparent, right? Like their native clothing. Uh, and he referenced people from Venus and possibly Mars uh, as the, the two primary cultures, I think, that he communicated with, right? But in this case, it's Howard Manger, and this is a UFO story. But in Rudolf Steiner's case, it's, you know, he never, I don't know if he actually, for all I know, you know, the only thing I know about him is the documentary that we watched. So maybe he did disclose who he thought he was communicating with. Right. Right. But what I'm saying is maybe the more important part is, or, or an aspect to look at it in this with, how much are we shutting ourselves off from incredible knowledge, incredible information? And I'm not saying we should be striving to like, oh, I got to get all the knowledge and I got to get all the information. Right. But just incredible experience and understanding and it, heck, if nothing else, relation with another culture or relation with another 
species or even planet by by um what would be the right word here um allowing yeah not allowing but in fact we're suppressing we're we're doing the opposite it's not even that we're not allowing we are going actively suppressing like actively disallowing yeah Right. It's not that like, oh yeah, well, you know, it might be, it might not be, I don't know. No, it's a no. Mm. Right. Oh, guess what? Channeling is crazy. Uh, Seeing ghosts is crazy. Having communications with Martians, which Tesla admitted to, you know, Nikola Tesla, not car Tesla, um, in his later years, right? He, why Tesla at the end basically became uh, shunned was because he started to actually verbalize where he's getting this information from. Yeah. Uh, and then the second it came out that, oh, look, this dude actually believes that he talks about, or he talks to people from Mars, then he became crazy. Right. Uh, but, he, you know, he stuck to his, to his story, you know, yeah. and so died being marked as a crazy dude. No one these days walks around talking about that part of his life, that he died you know, being shunned and, and classified as crazy. And now all of a sudden it's cool to believe in Tesla and whatever, right? But what was the treatment of the humanity when somebody speaks their truth? Not the truth that would help them to receive free electricity, right? Not the truth that is giving them free electricity from his design of the generators in Niagara Falls, because that's all good and great. We'll take that part from him. But this other part that actually made him give you the electricity from Niagara Falls, mm, yeah, he's crazy. Yeah. I mean, either you believe that there is zero supernatural anything, zero unexplained, uh, I don't even want to say unexplainable because you could explain it like that, zero things that defy conventional science. Yes, no. there's no channeling, there's no aliens, there's no um, fairies, there's no ghosts, there's no uh, astral projection or, or telepathy or clairvoyance or any of that stuff. There's none of it. Or you allow that that has happened. Maybe it still does happen, but at least one person in the history of of people has been able to do that. Maybe you allowed Jesus to have done it. Maybe you allow, you know, Adam and Eve to have done it. I don't know. But if it's if it's possible, then it's possible. And then why why wouldn't anybody be able to maybe cultivate that that ability. And if nobody does it, if it's never been done and nobody can do it because it, it doesn't exist, then this is a giant basically what you're saying is it's a giant hoax and everybody who's ever said that they've they've seen something or they've received something is is either fooling themselves or fooling you. Either out either lying to themselves about it because they don't know what they saw or lying to you on purpose because they they're just trying to steal your your money yeah but maybe maybe my point is instead of talking about the people who who just don't believe it and then walk around trying to sell an alternative story um for those who are going okay what how much do i believe it right well i mean through my own personal experience i believe it through your own personal experience you believe it D- just, just regarding anything that we've 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 watched or read from anybody else. Yeah, I'm not trying to go into confrontational. I'm just trying to go into the past and the objective. When you and I talked about 
things like that. And you didn't believe it. Yeah. Why? I, I thought everybody who was saying that was making it up, which, you, is, which you, would really? be a really big conspiracy, kind of. Like on their own? Like each person on their own yeah, decided to make like, it up? Yeah, each person's like, oh, I can get make money or get famous or or whatever if I, you know, so become like a, if I become a, a fortune teller and I can, you know, I can read the read the people and I can read the crowds and I can, you know, tell people what what they want to hear and I've seen some things where people who I do believe are charlatans are out there and they're like is there it's a name that starts starts with the with a J and it gets it's so and they become so vague that you know in a crowd you're going to have a bunch of people who know someone who starts with a J is it is it a John or a John no it's a Joan no it's a James oh James there it is and they just you know, roll through names until they hit one and I'm like, oh, okay, this this feels really, really sketchy. Mm-hmm. So I'm not even talking about that. I don't, th- those examples that I've seen, I don't believe that those are real. In, in the Yogananda book, you know, he talks about, they have this festival in India, at least used to back in, in the Yogananda days, where a whole bunch of sages descend on, he was from Calcutta, but this is, where was the city that starts with V? Varanasa? Mary Varanasa. And so a lot of people pilgrim to this city. Uh, I don't know if this still happens, but back in back in the Yogananda days it did. And a whole bunch of bunch of sages, right, and, and rishis go there to to you know, like one, meet like minded people and then and then two kind of showcase to the world their skills or right. It's like almost like um a believe in festival kind of, but the entire Indian culture just believes in that period, right? They're very open. I think all Hinduism believes in I would say, what we would call in America's magic, right? Um, all their sages have amazing feats that they can do. Um, and he said in, in, in his book, he did say that, you know, it was obvious that some people were charlatans. And then they were doing for money and for attention and for, you know, whatever, you know, th- that maybe your approach of like, just, mm-hmm. just, you know, dishonest being trying to continue to be dishonest, but again, out of a pain body, right? Like, oh, this might get me money or this might make me feel good about myself. Cause look how many people will think I'm worthy or good or whatever. Yeah. And he said, but there is, there is actual true sages that had the skills. And- yeah. And he's, and so he's like, so the festival is the mixture of the two, right? And it is, unless you know, it is hard. And if you go there with an open heart, it is hard to tell the difference, right? Uh, my parents, you know, I think you had a big problem with my parents. There's a, um, they would call a, a fortune teller based on the American. Um, um, slang. Slang, I guess. Is that slang? Um and, you know, and she would take large, large sums of money. Like, to me, that's still a large sum of money today to do this or to do that. And then, you know, I would question her ethics, right? Yeah. Now, in her case, did I believe she did not have the skill set? And I would say, no, I think she did have it. I think she did have it. But did you need to charge this much for it? And right. pretend like you didn't and then had to burn it and all this. Those quantities of money, knowing that these people are literally poor and don't have the money. Right. Uh, and I would say that that is a charlatan move. 
And I'm yeah. not trying to judge. It's hard for me to say this, not judging, knowing that my parents it feel, it, spent it, thousands they, of dollars they, on that. They feel taken advantage of mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not saying that if you have this ability, you can't make a living from it. That is not what I'm saying. Yeah, no, right. And I struggled well, with it, that but myself. Feel, but it feels like, you know, I don't know. It's It's tricky because it's like, you know, well, if you're really good, can't you charge more? You know, and it's like, should what you charge be based on someone else's ability to pay? Not necessarily. Well, no. But yeah, if you would charge is reasonable, right? But then reasonable by just like the market standard, but not you know, but not a hundred times over. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's this. At some point, you go wait, what, what? You know, and in their case, they they believed it so much that they like had to get. A, they had to fly. To another state, I won't mention any details. To another state, right? Meaning like two plane tickets, right? Because they, they're pitiful and they can't travel alone. Um, this is back when they were even younger too. Um, and then, you know, they had to, I want to say, did they have, if they had to spend a night or they caught the, the flight that evening or something, right? But I'm like, think about the feats that their parents had to go through just to get tickets on their own. Because they couldn't tell us because they knew we would flip out if they knew what they were doing. Yeah. And part of it was for us. Like, right, as a parent, they felt so helpless to help us. And then, you know, you get into that feeling and you're like, well, here's a lady and I believe her. And she says she can fix this and whatnot. And a lot of things did move when she got involved. But the the dollar value behind that involvement was just so astronomical. It was so astronomical, especially... To, to a poor people like yeah. my parents, you know, and, and that, that money is still astronomical to me today. Yeah. Right. And, and I hear of people completely emptying their bank accounts for, you know, what you would say, Charlotte. And so I do want to say that when I say believing in magic and believing in people or fortune yeah. teller, psycho psychics, or, or he can say they can do help energetically shift something for you to help you yeah. or heal you. Like, I actually think those people exist. Yeah. But you might want to shop around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I had I had someone reach out to me who, who was desperate for help. Right. And he said, can you help me? Can you help me? Right. And I could tell that this person is basically almost, I could have empathy because I can see him being my parents. Right. Like, you're just, you really want to help. Right. And you're, you're, and for some people, that's when you're at your wits' end, you're like, what if I've done everything I can think of? Oh, I haven't tried a psychic. Let me try that. Yeah. Yeah. So and you're I have, literally at your wits' end. Yeah. And I have people contact me who are wits' end, who, in fact, may not even believe in the psychic. Right. But like, they'll try anything. At, at this point, I'll try anything. And in fact, you know, if, the, if they believe in psychic and the psychic is telling them that they can fix this or, or help them at least then they will pay whatever that psychic says. Yeah. And this, like in this case, this guy disclosed to me that he paid thousands of dollars for someone to, to be helping him. And I'm like, and I know, again, I don't know the, the whole story, mm-hmm. how much that person helped him or not. But what I can tell in this moment of just talking to him within the first two minutes is that he's so desperate, he will do anything and pay anything. And the right. only reason he's not paying me anything because he doesn't know about me, but... But I can see how somebody can see his situation, hook them in, and sure. then sooner or later, yeah. a little bit of time, drain them of thousands of dollars. Sure. Which I I just, 
that was just, not necessarily the subject I wanted to talk about. No, but that that just like <laughs> no, that's I mean, killing that me. Just, oh, that's killing that's me. That's just a dagger to the heart. Yeah, to me. yeah, and I can see my parents, and I can see my own yeah, desperateness. Maybe, maybe that's in that. maybe maybe that's what makes it feel worse, is because because of that personal history of it. Well, no, you know I what know, makes but it's, it feel but it's worse. It's always been like it, it always it's always felt like a, a taken advantage of situation and people get taken advantage of all the time in all kinds of ways it isn't this is not exclusive to psychics you know you get taken advantage of the used car dealership right you get taken advantage of at at your work and all day every day people are taken advantage of right it's just this this one no you know why this one because when you're going to buy a car you're not desperate and you're wit's end and you're quite literally well, you might be. Maybe. But let's be honest, for the most part, when you're going to a psychic, like to me, that is so sacred. Yeah. I'm gonna get emotional about this. I don't know why. No, because I'm seeing my parents in this and myself in this. Just feeling desperate. You you and, really need help. You and you need help. And then what you're actually reaching for is divine. Yeah. Right, you're and you're you, reaching for a connection with the divine. Okay, I'm gonna try to change the subject because I'm gonna start crying. But you know, I mean, may, maybe maybe you've tried the priest. Maybe you've but tried. That's the same maybe thing. You, maybe that is tried. the divine, right? And right, and hopefully the priest isn't go gonna go. Hey, for a donation, well, I no, might be able to make this happen. I would hope they have moral moral right. code. Um. No, but a psychic, right? There's this weird weird place. It's a weird dynamic because because it's they're like, not. They're not morally obligated to ethics if they right. are a charlatan, but at the same time, they do carry a connection to a divine. Right. And so, at which point do you does your pain body override the connection to divine, and then you decide to use this connection for personal gain? Right. An immoral action of, you know, it, but realize they're doing it not because they need thousands of dollars, because they are in a situation where that desperation, that pain body. Their own pain body of being human overrides their divine spark. They're using the divine spark for for to feed their to exploit to 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 exploit their people, but then to to feed their to to fill the hole of their own pain and trauma inside. Right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do. And so, it I can see the compassion in them. They are still human. Um. You know that that moral code it might be jeopardized if you're living in pain body. Yeah, I mean that's probably true of of a. That's probably true of everybody. Period. But that's not exclusive to this industry either. Yeah, that's, I mean, you know, it, yeah. no matter what, there's plenty of people in any industry. You know, sales is easy to point to where if you're living in a pain body, it's really easy to. Justify. Justify things. I mean, no, I you can I, make a lot of money doing sketchy yeah. stuff. This is true. But time to do some sketchy shit. Sketchy <laughs> shit. Sketchy shit. Hope I get, get away with, with it. it. I love that song. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a dog, right? It's a, it's like a meme. A meme, yeah. And he 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 has a, a disorder, like some sort of neurological disorder where he walks funny. And so the, that song is always, maybe you could put it up. It's so cute. Always linked to this one dog. And it's just the cute, I find it's the cutest thing. 
to me, there's a moral question whether or not you want to abuse your neurologically exploit your, your, exploit your neurologically your, your... deformed dog for memeing. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think he cares, maybe. But if, you know, if it brings a smile to someone's face, um, maybe that's worth it. I don't know. <laughs> Is that a justification for moral behavior? Uh, I have noticed my jokes have been like on the risque side lately. A little darker? A little, well, a little, little more. Politically incorrect? No, not politically incorrect. A little more nuanced. And I'm like, I don't know why the this humor changed. The line of humor changed. I'm like, but it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm noticing I'm dragging Annabelle into it and Aiden into it and you into it. And I'm like, oh, I'm taking everyone down some weird path. <laughs> I mean, I, me too. I mean, <gasps> we had someone over um, the other day and I'm like, oh, I'm making jokes that I wouldn't have made earlier. Yeah, I don't may, know. Maybe the, the concept maybe borderline of inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea why. But like the, the filter behind the jokes is on the next level. I've noticed that. Like, it just, they just come, right, right. The, the best jokes are the ones the, that just come but out. But they're too funny to hold in. Right. I find it too funny to hold in. I'm like, I cannot, in my right mind, not say it. And half the time I'm saying it, and I don't even know what I'm saying, but it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's kind of, of edging. A, line, a lot of mine are end up being dad jokes too. Yeah, you have but a lot of dad jokes. You know the difference between a dad joke and a bad joke? The first letter. <laughs> <laughs> I just repeat the ones I see on Instagram. I can't take any credit. Mm. Animal has a lot of good jokes. And she's good at delivery too. Yeah. He's really good at delivery. There you go. So let's transition back. So where I wanted to go with this actually, besides all of this, is that we are all raised as children. I think we come into this world with extrasensory perception being completely opened. Right. You don't have to get this serious about the topic now. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, every, I mean, I think most kids have or remember their imagine, quote, imaginary friend. Mm-hmm. I remember I mine. I didn't have one. Um, I wish I had an imaginary friend. But it's like. My imaginary how, friend was structure. How? <laughs> structure. <laughs> My imaginary friend was discipline. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> A little German accent makes it sound more serious. Um, um, the uh, how imaginary was that though? That friend, yeah. And I'm like, I because I I remember it was it was a bird. And I remember seeing this bird. I know exactly what this bird looked like. And I'm like, is that you know? People would say, oh, it's just your imagination and whatever. But I'm like, I. I It was very, very real. No, I, I have very distinct memories that are are more real than than an, any dream I've had. No, I I would not say that your bird was anything but not real. Like, there's no way. Yeah, yeah. So, I, how, I, I, I guess <clears throat> I was going to end on this, but now that I'm on it, to anybody out there, have you ever had something in your life? that is I don't want to say unexplainable because then all you have to do is explain it to make it to to disprove this. Exp- not not, that is, that not is, explain it, but discount it, right? You yeah, can always dis- discount you, it. Yeah. So think of something that you've you've known 
or some unbelievable coincidence or synchronicity, some sort of message you've got, something you've seen, something you've heard, something that, you know, I was, uh, I was a little, little kid and, and there's four of us in the house and I'm, I walk, I don't know, I walk down the hall for some reason and I hear a, we had a big dresser curio cabinet thing and I heard the door close and I, uh, okay, whatever. And then I go back and everyone's sitting there watching TV. I'm like, wait, who was just in there closing the thing? And they're like, no one. And I'm like, and I run back and I turn the lights on and there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. I heard that. I know I did. We all like kind of looked around to see if there's someone in the house. Can't I can't explain that. Yeah, no. But this is what I think is the most important thing. If I had to put importance on this of why this is important, why this topic is important is our children coming into this world with extra extrasensory perception. All children coming into this world with extrasensory perception, but the perception of the children that are coming in right now is one intensified. And two, is more important to be kept alive than ever before. Yeah. Right. They're, what they're destined for in their everyday life as, as citizens of, of Mother Earth has such a huge potential and such a huge importance that they will need the openness to extrasensory perception in order to be able to fulfill their destiny. Yeah. Right. And if we as society continue to to impose a rhetoric of like, oh no, you're crazy, oh no, you're not seeing colors, or no, you cannot manifest your destiny, or no, there's no such thing as ghosts. You know, I say no such thing as ghosts. Like there's kids who are scared of ghosts. And yes, you need to address why they should not be scared of ghosts. And if there's kids who have ghosts that attack them, yes, then you need to go to a priest to exercise it or or to cleanse the space in order to only allow certain entities. And I know I'm getting in the various stuff here. But so yes, I don't I do believe that you need to protect the children if they are experiencing something of the lower frequency that is bothering them. But at the same time, we need to not instill the rhetoric into our children that they're crazy. And believing in that is crazy. And you know, and then basically shut off this extrasensory power. That they lately have, and in fact have, for a very specific purpose on this planet. Yeah. Right? I, I, where, where I was going was, if you can come up with one example in your life that opens the, this possibility of something beyond the hard 3D universe. That chairs are not that hard. No, those unsatisfying. Very, very, very China Knock plastic. If you can, oh, if there's one thing that opens that door, then the door is open. Mm-hmm. And now, what else inside that door? The mm-hmm. possibilities could be endless. Yeah, the, but once you and I have started the open channel of communication, mm-hmm. so many things come on board. Right, right. the The idea of a psychic power or extrasensory power has this mysticism around it, and maybe this is a good time to demystify it. Once you open that possibility of yourself you will usually have one primary extrasensory um, sense that you are, let's say, the best at. Mm -hmm. And then, like, if you're looking at it from the clear standpoint, um, you you can have extrasensory hearing, extrasensory vision, extrasensory knowing, extrasensory feeling. 
Smelling, tasting? Smelling, tasting. Which is a weird one. Like, right. like <laughs> I mean, And how I'm those weird. would present themselves would depend on your individual interpretation, mm-hmm. which one, I just find that beautiful within itself, that everybody has their own interpretation of what it means to, to have extrasensory perception. So this magic that I'm talking about actually comes out of that extrasensory perception, the openness to the possibility of something other than the norm. Right. And then after that, as you start to work with it, other things open up. Yeah. And you you be you're able to see and do and more and more things come up. Right. I mean, any anyone cynical is going to dismiss it all as as coincidence. But there's all kinds of examples that that well, in, I, in our own per, I mean, in our own personal lives, let alone all the you know, all the documented quote miracles from the Catholic Church. They're, they're, they're rigorous in this. They don't just go, oh yeah, sure, that's a miracle. They have to, you know, you have to prove it. You have to, it has to be documented. It has to be all these witnesses. It has to be, it, there's a lot yeah. for it to be considered a miracle. But yeah, there are thousands of miracles going back to to Jesus. Yeah, besides Jesus. In in modern day. Yeah. Um, uh, In uh, Autobiography of a Yogi, uh, every chapter is basically another miracle that that he witnesses. Yeah, and I do not think uh, Paramahansa Yogananda is the type of guy to just make stuff up. Yeah, uh, th- that is just not him. <laughs> these are these are things that he witnessed and other people witnessed. Yeah, and you know, I've been to a David Copperfield show, so I've seen stuff that I can't explain. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's using supernatural powers to do it. I'm sure there's, you know, oh, there's a printer up in there, and that's how it came. I don't know. I don't know how he did it, but but I believe that anybody with with the dexterity and the skill could could do that. There is a explanation for that. I don't. There is no explanation for this stuff. No. Yeah. 3D explanation. Yeah, yeah. So I do believe that there are quote miracles in the even to this day. Well, I let's. I, Expand on that. So both of us read the the yoga autobiography of Yogananda. I'm only halfway through. Okay. Well, but but the premise, the whole point of the premise, and and maybe maybe I'll ruin it for people. But this is what he says, right? And, <laughs> Spoiler alert for an autobiography. <laughs> well, it has, but the autobiography has nothing to do with him, right? Like it really the story doesn't. is really so. What Yoga Nanda's point about his personal skill set, which he does not talk about in his book, he does not talk about all the things that he was able to do as an enlightened and awakened being, uh, other than channeling and then... Well, I mean, he talks, he does talk about um, how, and I don't know, maybe maybe this is credit he, he to someone about else. divine guiding him. Divine guiding him. And he was he was never good at this subject. And then he squeaks squeaks by with oh, yeah. exactly a passing score. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, oh, he 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 he's gonna he, he needs you know oh he needs to get like a an, an eighty to pass, and he gets a seventy five. He's like, oh no. But then it's like, oh they they just yesterday changed the rules to make seventy five the passing score. Like this type <laughs> yeah. of crazy stuff. Oh yeah, or that when his uh, brother in law like um, challenged him to prove that there is such thing as divine guidance, and said, well, fine travel to that city without any money and then come back from that city and then give me proof or something mm-hmm. and then I will know that there's such thing as divine. Right. Or his, uh, his they're, they're sitting on their uh, like patio or balcony looking at some people flying kites and he's like, 
and his, yeah, he, his he's like, oh, I, you know, I, I'm going to bring one of those kites over here. And sure enough, the kite, like the string breaks and it just floats over and he catches it. Yeah. And she's like, well, that's crazy, but you can't do the other one. And the other one, he does the other one. And the other one comes out. Did he do it? Did he, I don't know. But that, that's that's wild. Yeah, no. That's just wild. Yeah, but the what I what I wanted to say that what his point to right the why the rishis exist and why the sages exist or these these magic saints in India. I don't know if that's still I think that's still the case, right? But what he said is is the whole point of the divine is is to to showcase itself, right? into the world, right? To to allow you to experience the full extent of the divine being and the divine love and presence, which is why what I feel about myself. Like the whole point yeah. of my existence is for that reason, right? Mm -hmm. I cannot I cannot actually come up with any other reason why I'm here, right? I mean, I, I, it's great that I'm a mother and it's great that I'm a wife and it's great that, you know, I, I walk this plane and I feed the cats and, you know, and cook food. But as far as my purpose in life. <laughs> I love your summary of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, those are just the things that I do, right? right? But as far as my existence on this plane, what I see is how can I feel the divine within me, right? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. that's it. I don't know if you have that. Do you have? Do yeah, you, yeah. For yourself, no, I do. do you feel similar I do. to that? I, there's this, um, I think the movie's Anger Management with uh, Adam Sandler. And uh, at one point, he, he he goes to an anger management class and there's a group therapy thing and they're sitting around and the leader goes, oh, and, and you, who are you? And he goes, oh, my name's, I don't know, Bill Smith. Like, no, 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 that's your name. Who, who are you? And he's like, well, you know, I'm a, I don't remember, I'm, I'm an architect and I do this. No, no, that's your job. Who are you? And he's like, I like to do the, no, that's what you like. Who are you? And he's like, I don't, can, can I get an example of someone else? And like, what, you need someone else to tell you who you are? He's like, you know, I don't understand but the question. But when you watch that, could you relate? Yes, I could relate. Cause I'm like, but did I you, don't even under, you know, you don't what, understand the I don't question. understand the question. Who are you? Yeah, no, right. And so Yogananda's point was, is that these sages uh, or rishis go into this extensive, you know, 10 year, 20 year journeys into the caves connecting to the vine and then coming back, the reason why they do, you know, the perfume sage and the tiger sage, and this is the ones that he mentions in his book, or the woman who doesn't eat and, and lives on light. The reason why they facilitate these experiences for the world is to showcase the world their own interpretation, the spark of the divine yeah. to the world, right? Mm -hmm. Because in you allowing something to be truth that you have deemed as false, you open up to the perception and to the idea that there's something beyond what you're experiencing, which is, in all honesty, is not true love, is not true potential. Mm -hmm. It is not the truth and the true light of the divine, right? Yeah. And so when you feel the light of the divine, when you're flooded with that abundant, I mean, you know, there's no words, right? Right. You know, you can basically do anything. And in and, and the perfume sage just basically perfected that anything into 
guess right. what? He can make any, his hand just smell like anything. You can say, oh, I want jasmine and mint combined. And he will give you a piece of paper or he will let you smell his hand and it will be jasmine and mint. Right. And that is his interpretation of the unlimited potential of the divine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Yogananda had his own interpretation and the other sages had their own interpretation. And that what our children are coming in here through their clear, you know, clairvoyance or clairs is their own interpretive potential. Like our daughter, when she was young, before she knew that, you know, she could be deemed as crazy by the majority of the society, told us, actually, this is how it came out. I think she was three or four. Um, And she said, mom, why does uh, somebody have a black, black stuff around him, black, black light around him? Uh, And, and I'm like, Right. This and so, at this point, I'm possibly not on the spiritual awakening journey. Right. And and, and, and she's not familiar with the idea of an aura. Yeah, she does at not. This age. Yeah, right. So she has. This is in no way something that she would be able to go. Oh, guess what? People have see yeah, auras. I didn't, there's no. I saw this on TV, so I'm gonna. No. I'm gonna make no. it up. There's none of that. This is no. something. This is no. Just, she's just honest. Yeah. yeah. This is just honest, and she's honestly asking a question. She's like, why does this person have black around their body? Um, oh, wait. Or maybe the, the thing was we were talking about who she likes. Like kids go through this thing like, oh, I like this person, but I don't like that person. And it's not like vicious. It's just their their communication. And and one of the statements of why she might not like this person is because she sees black around them. And she doesn't like the black. Right? She sees bright colors around everybody else. But this person has black and gray, and and that is that is unsettling to her, right? I don't remember who that was. You have to tell me later. Yeah, I have to tell you later. Uh, and I am in shock, and I honestly don't know what to say, because one, let's be honest, still still day, I don't actually understand why this person has gray and black around them. I do now from the pain body standpoint, because I believe your auric field and the colors of your auric field completely reflect the stuck energy that you have within you. And so your predominant emotional structure usually dictates how open your chakras or your auric field is. And then, and then you know, black or, or gray is kind of like almost like having this cloud over your head. Although I, I did hear other people interpret it differently. Um, but th- that is what it was, right? And so she's really happy and cheery around everybody else because she can see their colors. But she's just uncomfortable about the black. Um, yeah, and you know, this is this is her interpretation of reality when she's three. And in that point, I can either facilitate that and encourage it, or or basically tell her she's crazy and no, there's no such thing as colors around people, and she's actually not seeing them. This is all make believe. Right, and that right. just shuts it off. Since then, she has asked me not to like push her into org yeah. or self. And I said, okay, that I won't, you know, I'm not going to encourage it or ask you to read people's auras. But at the same time, I ask her not to shut that off. Just say, right. whenever you're ready, you know, just have, don't, here's what people do. And I've heard of countless of stories about this. People have amazing skill sets, either into mediumship, you know, communicating with the other realm or into healing or into, you know, levitation or whatever 
but because they get scared and misunderstanded as children, and the parents basically want to protect them from this unknown, they say, Oh no, you can't just shut it off. That's not true. Pretend it's not there. Pretend it's not there. Don't don't worry about it. Don't and that and so because this is a gift of the divine, divine's goal is not to have you live scared. And so what they will do is if you ask them, I no longer want to experience this as my truth, that is a sovereign statement. You have sovereignty, and you will basically just shut that skill off. Um, but you can make that sovereign statement of I don't want to experience this as my truth. And shut it off, or you can say, "Can you please allow me to put it on the back burner, right? Or, 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 I'll only allow me to access this whenever I want to." And I make a statement and should declaration of, "I'm opening my senses of extrasensory perception in this moment," yeah. and then they will use them. And then after that, you almost go through a ritual to close it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, when I was young, I could hear things. And see things, not a lot, but some. And I, I shut it off because that's just crazy stuff. And only in the last few years, now that I've been open to it, is it is it back? And it's back stronger than ever before. Mm-hmm. But you're open to it, yeah. Right. The point where now, I mean, I think anybody who has ever composed music, especially complicated music, has heard it in their head beforehand. And I'm not saying that in the sense that they have invented it in their head. I'm saying it was like beamed into their head. Because mm-hmm. I hear music as if it's as if it's coming in my ears. Like there's like different types of of hearing. I can like hear something, but I know it's not it's not like a audio audible hearing. It's more like a Subvocalized hearing. Yeah. There's plenty of that mm-hmm. in my, it going on in my head. And sometimes that's music too. But this, I can, it's like, it's, it is literally as if there's a speaker here and it's coming into my head. Sometimes it's one ear, sometimes it's both. Completed, composed music, multiple instruments. And I'm like, ah, I gotta like get my recorder and, and record it because I'll lose it because like- it's like almost like a dream. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it, it, I, I lose it so fast, like a dream. Well, usually it comes is when you're in that theta delta crossover yeah. to where you're not like, you know, completely cognitive, but you're allowing, that's where the extrasensory perception come in. Yeah. So the more time you can spend in the theta and delta cross yeah. cross state, yeah. the more you're open to extrasensory it, yes, perception. It is, it is usually in a meditation or when I'm laying down trying to uh, go to sleep. Yeah, but... But when children are born, they are always in a theta delta crossover. Yeah. That's the whole point of their existence. Like, why do they like look around crazily? It's because they see stuff, right? You're like, what are you looking at, right? Or the cats sometimes. Cats, yeah, they'll just cats look. Are like, what are like you looking, looking at? at the wall, like very intently. Yeah, and we're like, well, I don't know. Yeah, something's there. Maybe just not in our plane of existence. Yeah, and so if we allow ourselves to be open to what is not in our plane of existence. I'm not saying you should have a goal of of extracting something out of it. You know, I don't have a goal behind it, but what what Explore does it, it mean? Yeah, what does it mean for you to be shut off from it? If the guidance is going to come, guidance is, I mean, spirits sometimes quite literally reach into the three-dimensional space and send guidance in a 3D form. They, they have interfered like that with me. Yeah. 
Uh, but sometimes the guidance comes in the dream state, or sometimes the guidance comes in extrasensory per- perception when you're in that theta delta realm, you know, of, of just relaxed, either meditative or that pre-sleep or or pre or post-awake, you know, kind of relaxed state of being, where your senses have not snapped in, you know, you're not in the 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 gamma, the, the everyday gamma, beta, alpha, beta. The one? Alpha and beta? There's no alpha. There's alpha. There's there's gamma. Gamma's like the isn't gamma the really high or really, really low? There's two gammas. So the Buddhist monks apparently so the most people's gamma, which is the primary waking state. No, that's alpha. Oh really? Yeah. And then beta is like the high functioning one. Oh maybe maybe beta. maybe I'm talking about beta. I don't know. I'm confused. I always get confused with that chart. I know it's it's del- theta and delta I'm, right there at the bottom. I'm upset that, you know, you would think it would just go alpha, beta, gamma, delta in, in the order of the alphabet, but it's not. And it's like, ah. I don't think there is an alpha, is it? Huh? Is there an alpha? Yeah. Oh, maybe beta is everyday waking. No, I think alpha is everyday waking and beta is like high functioning, like you're focused on a, intently on a task. Okay. I do, sure. know, I do know there's two different phases of gamma. There is the functioning gamma, right? And then there is like the the Buddhist monk gamma where they basically go like, like what, what's that dude name? Like supernova monk. Whenever they, Western meditators like brought in Buddhist monk when they were researching the phases of meditative state. Well, brainwaves certainly can't go above, I don't know, 25 Hertz. And they certainly can't below go below one hertz and the Buddhist monks like, oh yeah, we can. And then I think they did a hundred hertz, which is like, what? And well, then yeah, they did point one or whatever, which is also they yeah, yeah. They did not scientists did not think this was humanly possible by by a large margin. Yeah. And then these these monks who had been meditating their whole life were like, oh yeah, we could do that. No yeah. But you basically go so on the high gamma, I believe what they're doing is they are in the conscious awareness, but they're entering into like a supernatural state, what we would consider as a supernatural state of performance and awareness. And that's where crazy stuff that we would consider, you know, miracles by Jesus get done, where you're levitating and you're transforming water into wine and whatever. Um, or then, then there's the super relaxed gamma where you're basically almost comatose, I guess, but you're in that dream state, still in that supernatural but but in actual dream state, and then that's where you know, astro traveling and astro projection and and you know things like that could happen there. And then there's the whatever that show that we watched where. I think in the high gamma, you can basically connect to the infinite power. I don't know, if, right? Abundant power of self, and that is when remember that guy he can. Lightning bolt. Oh yeah, divine beams into people. You know, there's that that comes out of that. Uh, uh, Helena Bras- Blavatsky Blavatsky could do that too. She can lightning bolt zap people. Um, I say lightning bolt, but you know, basically zap with electricity. And then you're you're in that you're entering into that supernatural realm. You know where you're. 
the electrocuting people. I used to play with that, and no, Aiden did not like it at all. And then, and then I realized, oh wait, I can actually harm people, and so I just got, and then I heard of people actually having heart attack because of that. So thank you. You've zapped me before. Yeah, and I, I think I have tried to stop. I almost shut that off for myself because you know you don't know how much you can zap someone. My intent is not to zap. Sometimes I'm in plane and I just want to zap. Um, but sometimes my intent is not to zap, and I still zap, and I you know I still don't don't know yeah. the difference. So it's like it's yeah it's so there's a cautionary tale of how much you play with zapping people if you can zap people. But the, I mean that's just an interesting thing to do, right? Just um, I have I've in the past always heard them say approach it as a child's play. Yeah. Right. Like if you have extrasensory perception, instead of like oh I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna discover new quantum yeah. theory here, figure out the winning lottery tickets. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, have people... see inside the Kremlin. <laughs> People, I have people contact me about lottery tickets. Actually, no, I'm sorry, not lottery tickets. Number, location. Where should I buy a lottery? Ticket? Where should I buy a lottery? Which but is, that's an extent. Yeah, right. that's an, that's just a different extent, right? Which which since since usually in any time I get a contact, it sends me on my own little journey where I get a message. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that yeah, the the universe will guide you in all kinds of ways. Maybe maybe this would be the right time for me to share my my crazy supernatural story of of like how spirit could reach into the world and and guide you, and that's just my story. But that you know we have heard other people. You know once you st once you open yourself up and you actually talk to people around you who you would think would be completely closed minded and unopened to the idea of supernatural, right? Um, you will be surprised. Um, how many people are actually why if they are not open they're in denial right they're like similar to the position that you were in they're like oh those people are just crazy right because I'm all left brain science and logic and whatever yeah but if you are on that path of left brain science and logic sooner or later you actually cross over into yeah. the realm of divine I don't even even in my left brainiest point, I knew that there were things that were, I mean, obviously there are things that are unknown. That's easy, right? But there are things that are unknowable, which yeah. is which is the uh, interesting difference. It is, we like cannot know, right? And whether that's a limit, a physical limit of physics or whether that's a uh, a more of a, spiritual limit um but once there are things that are unknowable it that feels like that really opens up things to me like so how so i don't know i'm trying to i've always felt this way and i don't i've never actually thought about it once i've accepted that there are things that are unknowable i no longer have to go get a, a reason or an explanation behind it and that just sort of opens up the possibility of it 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 opens me up to not having to have an answer behind it. So now it's like, well, where does where does that music come from? You know, I don't need to go, oh well, you know, the brain synapses are firing and it's this and that. I'm in a hypnagogic state from sleep or what you know, I don't there's none of that anymore. I don't need so I need I don't need to go try to find some sort of 
um, logical ex- explanation for it. I can I can just leave it as not even I don't know, but oh, it's it's coming from it's coming from elsewhere. Yeah, where, Maybe, where like, is elsewhere? I where I don't know. I, I don't even feel the need to define where elsewhere is. Yeah, I don't need to go. Oh, it's coming from Mars. I don't. There's I. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, and I it it doesn't even matter to me where it comes from. But I don't believe it's coming from me. There's a whole sidebar discussion about you know where does consciousness originate, right? Is is consciousness a does it originate in the brain, in the mind, mind and brain, kind of being two different things here? Yeah. Or is is it is the the organ, the brain, more of a more akin to like a uh, radio receiver that kind of receives consciousness and consciousness is almost like beamed, I say beamed in, but you know, consciousness, we're really getting off topic here, is like consciousness and, and, the, and your spirit or your soul, I kind of have those all grouped together. And I personally think that, you know, Yep, we happen to be these meat sacks, but our consciousness, soul, spirit is temporarily inhabiting them. But not in the way that we inhabit a house, more of like a multidimensional inhabit that it's hard to explain. What but once you've once you're open to that, then sure, it's really easy to to go, well, of course I'm going to hear things because what's going on over in that in that Consciousness or spirit realm. I don't know. Yeah. And I, you know, and me hearing it is just an artifact of, of being, of, of this 3D experience. Yeah. Yeah. There's the answer to who are you is, you know, I am a spiritual being temporarily inhabiting the meat sack body we call Elliot. The separation from you know, mind or maybe one mind or, or the, the universal consciousness and how it propagates itself into the fractalized form of this interpretation of this body, right? That, you know, that you're referred to as the meat sack. Is, you know, I, I, I had multiple explanations of like, creation of matter, creation of the universe, and creation of of experience, right? And so, and, and they're not different than other people's explanations. So those explanations exist out there, right? But w- when you're giving it firsthand from whatever, right, um, from the source, you almost can't separate yourself from that truth. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know where I'm going this, other than to answer the question of what you are and who you are, after you, re- you receive the, the information into the essence of you, um, it is difficult to, to just not feel that at all time. But at the same time, still, of course, 
descend in into the three-dimensional form and continue to have cooking and cleaning and litter cleaning and <laughs> furnace filters <laughs> furnace filters and whatever right it seems like my life revolves around a lot of cleaning <laughs> um right but have the human experience and then and then dive into it and then believe it and then feel it as your truth in the times kind of like withdraw from it and go that's interesting that i'm choosing to experience this and the times go oh yeah i'm just overlooking this experience and there's those three different components there i feel like are three different options it's like i'm above choosing to experience this and complete overlook i'm in awareness but still looking myself doing it or what most of us do from like 99.9 percent .9 of the time is you're completely blind to the other two yeah higher steps you're stuck down in it and you're stuck down in it right and so depending on your perception and, and any one of those levels you know, when you're down in the 3D, you know, digging yourself down further, um, you you know, it is difficult to stay open to extrasensory perception or to believe in ghosts or mm -hmm. to to touch the realm that is actually trying to guide you, like your higher self. I'm not even saying like the divine or the angels or um or or extraterrestrial civilizations. I'm just saying your higher self, right? If of course, that might be extend for you know still a stretch for some people. There's always guidance, right? There's always um, safety and support that that comes by you just being alive. Yeah. But it's hard to see it if we are stuck in the muck. Yeah. And have our blinders on, and then walk around going, "Oh, there's, you know." There is no such thing as the other realm or or anything else other than what I can see and touch and knock on. You know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 you know sometimes we're just beat beat down into it by our parents by the social norms, right? And I feel like and it, it, this could be just because we're in the echo chamber, but more and more things are opening to the ideas of the outside perspectives, right? Like I, I might have brought this up before, but. When we go shopping um, at like TJ Maxx or Marshalls, there's crystals there and tarot oracle cards now, right? Yeah, right. And I'm like, that's new. Okay, ten years ago, I did not. Yeah. Like for me to buy crystals, I would have to go to a crystal shop or some esoteric, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Now Walmart sells crystals and incense. Like we were at the Florida Walmart and they had incense. Yeah. And I'm and like, they had a whole a whole aisle of of. Uh, yeah, not just incense, but, you know, incense paraphernalia. Yeah, yeah. And I know incense is a very Common. small touch yeah. on, on the realm and of... a lot of people use incense for a lot of things. Yeah. But but 10 years ago, five years ago, I you would have never found incense and incense burner sticks yeah. at Walmart. Maybe some Walmart, because I think some people use incense to cover up the smell of... Uh... <sighs> oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but no, for the most part, the incense is more of a... Spiritual thing. Spiritual thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Like where sage is sold these days. I mean, the heck, T.G. Mack selling Oracle cards to me was like... That was something. Wow. Right? Like not even... So when we go to T.G. Maxx's and Marshall's out west, towards California and Arizona, that is way more prevalent in those stores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, we noticed, the west is a lot more open to that. Yeah, but I noticed then the buyers for those stores are more likely to buy spiritual you know, items and paraphernalia than the ones here. 
Uh, but no, I have I have seen oracle cards here yeah, yeah. in the I east. Think we got some. Yeah, no, I got one of the one of the oracle decks that I I have that was one of my favorite decks came from TJ Maxx. Yeah. Um, Good deal if you can get it there. <laughs> yeah, it's usually half off. Although Hay House runs their ha- half off yeah, sales, yeah, yeah, ten dollars yeah. a deck. And that's still a better deal. Yeah. That's the best deal. Yes, if you can wait for one of those sales, that's the time to get it. Yeah. And you get like two of them, then you got free shipping. Yeah. 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 So yeah, if anybody's looking for good price on Oracle cards, we have found that to be the best price. If you if you're yeah, if you can get that sale. I don't know how often I'm sure they have scheduled for those sales. Uh oh yeah, and another thing, right? Like Oracle cards, right? You would think, okay, it's pieces of paper that somebody has typed up possibly eons ago, depending on what deck you have. In no way is it applicable to you, right? Like when they type that, they, that yeah. person wasn't thinking of you. You may not have been born yet. Yeah. And then, and then they, some, and some artists drew it and then, you know, let's say Hay House printed it. Printed and a million ma- of them. Yeah. Master it in the millions. And yet, whenever you shuffle that deck and you ask for guidance or ask a specific question and, and try to receive intuitive intelligence yeah. guidance from it. It is so applicable, right? And to the point where, oh, you could, you could do, you can do this test yourself. Do that, get your guidance, and then pull the next card and see, does that one, does that one apply in the same way? And they don't. Yeah, they don't. To, yeah, to me. Well, you know, it, it, so I mean, with not not with the intention of like I'm going to pull three and get a get a story, yeah, but yeah, more yeah, like yeah, yeah. give me one that does, and then give me one, and then I, you know, I want one that doesn't. And it's yeah, oh, intentionally yeah, just, say I want one that doesn't. I want and if you want proof, yeah. yeah. If you want to test the Oracle deck, have you have your intention. Please give me a card that applies, applies and, one that and one doesn't, and you will see what it does. Yeah. So, right, how can you dictate or or understand the magic there? Right. Yeah. Once you get on the spiritual path, that's another thing, is you'll just be guided towards specific items. Yeah. And um, and away from some items that just don't serve you anymore. Yeah. And right. it's like, oh, you know, I used to have this. You know, I don't know what synthetic something, something, synthetic pillow, synthetic whatever, and it's like, yeah, it's just not working for me anymore. Yeah, um, or or I think realistically, things will start to break. Have you noticed that if things are no longer serving their good and they could break, they just break, mm-hmm. and that's like another another sign from from the higher guidance. Okay, you're you know you're not even supposed to have this in your life. Hmm. Um. Right. So, I mean, because everything does have energy and signature to it. And so once you open yourself up, things will adjust themselves in a very unique way of, you know, how adjustment works. Things won't happen for you for a specific reason and things will happen to you for a specific reason. And on the hindsight, right, like we've talked about this, when things are not happening to you, you might actually be upset. You're like, oh, I want that to happen. And they're not happening. Oh my gosh, the last few years are are littered with things that we wanted to happen or didn't want to happen and and it did in the way that we didn't want. And then weeks or months later we're like, "Oh my god, thank goodness that went the way it did instead of the way we wanted." Mm-hmm. Because something bigger that we didn't see would have been yeah. prevented had we bought that car, got that loan, you know, whatever. Yeah, like like actually 3D 3D stuff. We're yeah. not talking about spiritual stuff. 3D stuff. Right. We're tr- we were we were trying to refinance the house because that seemed like a good idea, and uh, and you know the rates were at the time what I thought were were good, and you know 
we were at, I don't remember, but we, you know, it would have been, you know, 2% off of wherever we were. And that's, you know, okay, we'll refinance the house. We'll save, save X dollars per month. Okay. Yeah. And then it, it all fell through and we couldn't After refinance work it. Too. We did a lot of work. You know, it's, it's the real pain to, to go through this and you have to, all these documents and prove all this type of stuff. And we mm-hmm. work for ourselves, which only complicates it. And banks don't like people who work for themselves. Ah, you want to come tomorrow? Uh, <laughs> because it's like, I don't know. If you have a, if you have a regular job where one person can fire you, we love it <laughs> because you have this one form and it's got all your money on it. And other are just complicated. Anyway, it fell through and we're just like, oh no. And then like a year and a half later, the rates bottom out. And I think we refinanced probably on the day that they were at the lowest ever, or we locked the rate in. And, and oh my gosh, it was so much, it's so much better the way it worked out than the way we originally wanted to work out. It, like miraculous level stuff. Yeah, but we could have never foreseen that. Right. And at the time you and I were devastated. Uh, my mom, who, you know, who's actually more, at times more spiritually open than we are at the time said, well, you know, maybe it's for a greater reason. Yeah. And I'm like, I paused. I'm like, she might be right. Right. And that, and you know, it took my mom saying that to me, um, to, to, for me to actually calm down. Yeah. Yeah. But at the time, I think the reason why, you know, we were, we we were really gone ho about it. And then the, in fact, we were supposed to be gone ho about it and it was supposed to fall through, but both were supposed to happen because the reason why we remodeled our basement in a two-week period was because we were going to have um, an appraisal an appraisal come in. Because you can't get the, 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 you can't refinance your house without an appraisal. Right. And so, so we, we basically, we're not going to remodel our basement. We're just, and it was not in the our best condition. Was, it was destroyed because of our elderly cat who had recently passed. Yeah. But so we were, we basically had intention to to redo the basement all along, not like complete remodel, but just, you know, repaint, change the carpet and, you know, just the cosmetic stuff like that. Um, but we were basically being lazy Yeah, and, and living in, you know, filth. filth. (laughs) It was, it was really bad. That carpet was really bad. There was a lot of just junk. Well, the carpet was bad when we moved in. And then our the carpet our, wasn't great when we moved in, but then our cat just peed it up. Yeah, he he, our cat. I don't know why was refusing to use the litter box. Could have had something to do with you chasing with a broom out of a litter box. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't. I think the trauma came not with me chasing him with a broom. It was the, the electric. Uh, oh, we did. Electric, we had the electric litter box. We got the electric litter box where like. You know, it scoops the poop they, automatically. Yeah, they go. I don't think they have this, but yeah, there's a sensor, and then he comes in, and then he poops and pees, and then the sensor then reads him leaving, and it waits and then a goes, minute. Grrr. Yeah, it like waits a minute or two, and then then you know it does the the basically the litter scooping. Yeah, but it would activate with with him in the litter box. Yeah, it scared the and crap so, out of him. Yeah, scared literally. the crap out of him. And so at some point, I think he just said. Screw this! I'm gonna shit and pee everywhere, and so we kind of let the basement be his litter box. Litter box, and it, I mean, it wasn't terrible, terrible, but it was not great. Parts of it, as we were tearing the carpet out, we're like, "Oh, this is terrible, terrible." Yeah, yeah. So, 
So I think that those, so, yeah. those so two weeks. It, it forced us to do that. It, we we completely redid the entire basement in a week or two. Paint, ceilings, walls, carpet, exercise room, everything. It was, and now it's really nice. No, it's really nice. Now we can record here. <laughs> yeah. And and then, you know, and then the, the, the loan thing fell through. Oh, yeah, it fell through. But then a year or two later, it's, I couldn't, you know. Well, the economy hit bottom. Economy hit bottom, which. Do you also, I guess it doesn't matter. The, right, what, what, yeah, was, it, was it COVID or not? Was it before COVID? When did the, was, I think we refined in 21. So it was, it was, it was right post-COVID when the yeah. economy hit bottom. Yeah. I guess, I maybe, guess they, were, they were lowering rates was, to, to. To get the economy going. It, yeah. Which, hey. I mean. I would it would not want to buy a house now now with these rates. No, rates are not good. Here we are three Ding ourselves. But yeah, but the magic behind the magic is that you do not have to understand or know the future in order to to follow the highest highest road or highest path or have things happen or not happen in the best interest. If you are in that open mind and open space of receiving guidance, of seeing the ghost or receiving messages, there are from the realm that, I know this is going to get even more esoteric, there is no such thing as the past and the future. Thus, all knowledge and all best course of action and outcome exist in the now but because we live in this understanding of of linear time progression we don't have the knowledge of what is the best thing to do right now in order to have the best experience later but on the other realms that functions differently and so that guidance comes with the precognitive knowing of the future into this density. Does that make sense? Maybe. And so, so like, you're like, oh, right? Those people are like, oh, if I only knew the future, I would have done this, this, and that. What that is, that is what this is. This is what the guidance is. Is the guidance coming with the knowledge of the future and is guiding you for the best outcome. Right. If you knew the future. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If we knew that the refi rates were going to be better a year out, we wouldn't have even bothered starting, right? Yeah. But because we had to, you know, arrange things for the future, because that loan fell through, it forced us to arrange things for the next fiscal year. Mm -hmm. And if we hadn't done that, we wouldn't have been in a position to even get a loan. When the rates were actually at the bottom, yeah. So it, that's just another way that it worked out even even more beautiful. Yeah. If we had just never bothered the first time and only bothered the second time, we might not have gotten it because things weren't you know in a position that they needed to be. Yeah, but I think it's that you know in this case we were not even in an open heart, like please allow us to receive guidance type of a setting. We were just like in three D borrowed down in 3D trying to make 3D better. Uh, but the guidance was still coming. 
Yeah. Right. We were open enough spiritual to where yeah. we were the guidance still right. The guidance yeah. will guide you regardless of your personal openness. Openness. But I, yeah, but I think the more open you are, the more receptive you will be to it. And yeah. the more like you won't be upset that you didn't get the loan or didn't get the job. I and mean, it, it will be more obvious that there's a there's a higher reason that maybe I don't see it. Maybe I maybe I'll see it later. Maybe I will never see it. But there's some reason, right? I had a uh, luckily minor car accident like two weeks ago. I went off the road uh, on the highway at highway speeds in the rain. I just it just hydroplaned into a, a a rocky ditch, and I I narrowly avoided a speed limit sign, a light pole, and a and a stump. In any any of which would have you know done major damage to the car and and possibly me or or any other cars. There's or no in, other cars miraculously, around. Miraculously, there's no other cars, and I was in the middle lane, and I of of three, and just went sideways, just little sideways down. You know, oi, um, and the car. Yeah, there's some scratches, but it's still runs. Still seems to be. Okay, it it doesn't look like it used to, but it's, you know. But, you know, the more I think about it, the more I'm like this is this is the, the you know, the car that Aiden drives. And if this hadn't happened to me, when and I wasn't doing anything crazy. I was not even speeding. I was certainly not doing any sort of, you know, teenager tricks in the car. I'm just just driving straight. Not even, not even curve. It's just straight. Um, if this hadn't happened to me, it would have happened to Aiden. Mm -hmm. And I would, any day, rather it happened to me than Aiden. Well, Aiden would and have had that as his primary car. Period. Yeah, yeah. Um, we already, we were. That was the goal: was to us to have that as a right. Primary and car. now it's like, okay, this is just not the right car. It's got wide tires, rear wheel drive. It, that it's never been good in the rain and it is undrivable in the snow. So Yeah. Well it, I mean, it makes it really obvious this is the this is not a good primary car. Period. And especially for a teenager. Yeah. But no, but you know, the the message there is even bigger than that. We're going to the dealership to have something fixed so he can drive it safer. Yeah. That was the whole goal. Yeah, it was that airbag recall. And the next recall. thing that happens after that's Literally done- Literally coming back from the dealership. <laughs> is is the the evidence of it not being safe. Yes. So what I wanted was inside of me, I felt we need to make this car safer. We need to make this car safer. And we need to make yeah. this car safer. And then the guidance there is, look, it's just not a safe car. Yeah. And then you almost wreck. I do wreck. Well, no, I mean, you know, but- the you, car, The car is-, is 98% okay. But yeah. yeah. But the message has registered. I, I, I was off the road in a rocky ditch. Yeah. The sideways. message has registered. The, yes. the amount of safety you're trying to get out of this car is not going to work. Right. And that's it. This and is, so now yeah. he's driving a different car. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, I don't even know what we're going to do with the other car. But it's not worth anything because it's like 30 years old. But <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that's a, that's a lesson. Don't let your child drive a 30-year-old car. Because it's cheap. Actually get a safe car. Yeah. The, um, wait, should we be wrapping up already? Yeah. Oh, probably. Let's. Yeah. Let's do something else. No, I was. I was just gonna say my my car story, but it it, it can we can save it for some other day. So yeah. So I mean, I think just staying opened 
one, staying open yourself and then recognize the potential behind it. I'm not saying do it for the potential, do it chasing something, but just allow yourself to open. Yeah, be open and let yourself be amazed. Yeah. And, but then the more important part is do not shut off everybody around you to that same openness, right? Just because you were raised by your parents telling you that you were crazy whenever you saw colors or whenever you saw ghosts and talked to them or where you had imaginary friends and that was crazy and that wasn't recognized, recognize that that is not something they need to transfer over further into generations and generations yeah. and generations. Yeah. One, the world is different, right? Like TJ Maxx is selling crystals and Oracle cards. So just yeah. realize that is already acceptable in the society or, or more bigger percentage of society than not. Yeah. The, the people who pull Oracle cards that I force on to them are amazed who are not Oracle card people. Are like, how did this work? It just works. You don't have to believe it. It just works. But, but one, stay open yourself. And then two, Allow those around you to just have their truth. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing else. Sums it up. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you.